2: The Fibber, McGee, and Molly Show. NBC and Tums present Fibber, McGee, and Molly Transcribed. The show is written by Phil Leslie and Len Levinson and directed by Max Hutto. Fibber and Molly will be with you in a minute. My name is Don Wilson, but say, what will yours be tomorrow if you don't get a good night's sleep tonight? (laughs) Don't answer that. Instead, listen. Before going to bed, eat a couple of Tums, and then dare acid discomfort to keep you awake. It won't, because Tums neutralize excess acid fast. They settle and soothe your stomach almost before you know it. Yes, Tums work wonders to prevent those can't-fall-asleep acid indigestion blues. And the beauty of it is, Tums Don't Wait Relief needs no water, spoons, or mixing. Tums are as handy as candy, safe and effective, too. So a good night to you with Tums, only 10 cents a roll. Always remember, T-U-M-S spells Don't Wait Relief. Tums for the tummy. Mr. McGee of 79 West Pavista has undertaken to rent the house of Mr. Ingram, his next door neighbor, while Mr. Ingram's away. Now, here he is returning home after showing the house to some prospective tenants. Oh, you. It's
3: cold out there.
4: They didn't rent it, huh?
3: No. He liked it, and she liked it, and her brother liked it, and her aunt liked it, and her father liked it, and the kids liked it, but her mother thought it was a little crowded. It <laughs> sounds crowded. <laughs> it was.
4: You know, at the risk of repeating myself, McGee, I still think we should have let Mr. Ingram hire a real estate man to handle that house for him. Don't
3: worry. I'll find the right tenants for it. It's just a matter of time, that's all.
4: You got plenty of that all right.
3: Tell you one thing, though. Running back and forth this cold weather is turning my ears blue. I'm going to get out my old fox fur earmuffs, put on next time. You seen my fox fur earmuffs? No, I haven't seen them since last winter. I must have put them... Oh, I know where them earmuffs are. They're right here in the hall closet. Oh, no, McGee,
4: don't open that
3: my gosh. It's been so long since I opened this closet, I forgot the shape it's in. This thing is a mess, ain't it?
4: A very conservative statement.
3: And you know why it's a mess? Because the stuff ain't put in there neat. That's why.
4: An amazing deduction.
3: And you know why it ain't put in there neat? Why? Because it's dark in there and you can't see how to take out or put in what you're putting in or taking out neat. That's why. Well? Molly, I'm going to put a light in that hall closet. Now, what do you think of that idea?
4: Well... I greet that threat with mixed emotions, Billy. Yeah. I'm half horrified and half terrified.
3: And not just no ordinary light, too, either, mind you. I'm going to install one of them automatic door switches on it, so the light will go on and off like an icebox when you open and close the door.
4: Where will you ever get a gadget like that?
3: Right here in the stuff that was in the hall closet, Tootsie. see. I bought it a couple of years ago and forgot all about it till just now. It ought to be in here someplace. See, it was in a striped box about this little... Ah, there it is. Heavenly
4: days, you think of everything, don't you? Yep.
3: Now, you run and get my tools and the friction tape, and I'll have a light installed in this closet before you can say you blew another fuse. (laughs) Ah. Ah, that does it. Didn't take so long, did it?
4: No, very snappy work. Couldn't have been a minute over four
3: hours. I could have done it even quicker, too, but it's kind of slow working with a hammered thumb. How's that switch look? Good, huh? Lovely. Will it work? Oh, will it work, she says. Kindly give me your attention, madame, and I'll demonstrate. Pray do. Now, you see, I have the switch set flush into the door jam, see? And when the door gets shut, the button gets pushed in and the light gets turned off. Like this.
4: Wonderful. Works beautifully when you press the button with your finger, but how do you know it will happen when the door closes?
3: I expected that question, Mrs. McGee, and I'm going to check it personal. It's been a long time since this closet's been empty enough to step into it anyhow. It's a pleasure.
4: It'll be a pleasure to get this junk out of the hall and put back in there.
3: Okay, shut it the rest of the way. There's no knob on this side.
4: Is it out, McGee?
3: No, you haven't closed it all the way.
4: Feels like something's caught. Job harder. Hadn't we better...
3: It's coming. It's coming. Push.
4: Ah, oh, there.
3: Okay, it works. You can open up now.
4: Just a second. Uh-oh.
3: Okay, Molly, open up. The light's off in here. The
4: knob's off out here. I can't open the door.
3: What? Oh, my... Hey, it's Jane. Oh,
4: dear. What the... Are there any tools in there?
3: Nothing. Doggone it, I...
4: Somebody hit the door, dearie. Just a minute.
3: Oh, fine. How the heck could that door jam jam the door like that? Well, well you'll just have to put that doorknob back on somewhere and get this thing... Somebody
4: to look at the house next door, McGee. I'll show it to them, sweetheart. I'll be right back. Don't go away.
2: more fun with the McGee shortly. You've heard or read a lot by this time about the overcrowded and unsatisfactory conditions in many of our American schools. But what have you, as a parent, a taxpayer, or both, done about it so far? Naturally, you want your child to have the best education possible. He deserves it. A halfway education is better than none, but not good enough. And halfway education is what many of our children are getting, In overcrowded schools with run-down buildings, a lack of essential supplies, and a serious shortage of good teachers. Thousands of teachers have quit their profession in the past few years because of overwork and poor pay. This is an incongruous situation in a country which prides itself upon the opportunities offered the young. We will have good teachers again and resume proper education of our children only when we improve the situation in our schools. In your community, the Parent Teachers Association and other groups are working to solve this problem. Join them. Help give our American children the kind of education they ought to have.
4: So they said the house was too big for them. Coffee all right, McGee?
3: A little more sugar, please.
4: Surely. Try it now. How is it?
3: Dandy. Excuse me. Boy, if you hadn't the thought of sticking that straw through the keyhole, I'd been starved by now.
4: Have you had enough to eat? How about another ham sandwich?
3: Sure. Slip it under the door. With mustard this time.
4: Oh, well, if I put the mustard on, I'll have to leave off the ham.
3: Okay, okay. Give me the mustard through the straw, then.
4: There you are. How'd you like me to cook you some spaghetti for dinner? Do you think you could manage it through the keyhole a strand at a time?
3: I'm not going to be here for dinner.
4: That's the spirit. Can I go call the fire department now and have them chop down the door?
3: No, no, no. There must be some other way. A new door would cost fifteen, twenty Can't you get the knob fixed some way?
4: I'm just not the carpenter you are, McGee. I don't know what to do.
3: Well, let's face it, kiddo. If you were the carpenter I am, you'd be in the closet. Doggone it, I wish I knew how I got myself into these things.
4: All I want to know is how to get you
3: out. Well, there must be some way without wrecking the door. Houdini could have done it? Men have got out of Alcatraz. I remember Pearl White and the perils of Pauline. They put her in a cement mixer and she abstracted herself from the concrete. There must be some... What's that? Who's there?
4: The doorbell and it had a familiar ring. I'd say it's Dr. Gamble. He gives it that professional
3: touch. Oh, good grief, Molly. Hey, he mustn't know I'm in here. No, don't let him know. He'd never stop needling me. Pretend I'm not here, huh? Will you? Promise, huh?
4: All right, dearie. Come in.
3: Hiya, Molly.
4: Why, it's Dr. Gamble.
3: Where's your little problem, child? Oh, uh,
4: oh, McGee? Why, he's around somewhere.
3: Uh, you... What happened? The hall closet backfire again? Let me help you get the stuff back where it belongs.
4: Oh, don't bother, Doctor.
3: Oh, it's all right.
4: Really? Now, I can do it. It's uh, it's no use. The door's jammed. And, 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 and knobs. Uh, I can't get it open.
3: I bet I know who did it. And then the little weasel popped out of the house, leaving you stuck with the mess. No,
4: that isn't the way it happened.
3: I bet I can fix it. Let me see. I'll make a quick examination. Mmm...
4: What is it,
3: Doctor? Molly, this door is suffering from acute insomnia.
4: Doctor, what do you mean?
3: I'm staring through the keyhole right into a red-rimmed, bloodshot, squinty little eye. Insomnia without a doubt. Or it may be a rat in there. Oh,
4: no, Doctor, it is... Hand me
3: a long screwdriver or an ice pick. No,
4: no, you see... Maybe
3: if I just blow through here... (sighs) That's what you're trying to do. Blow somebody blind, you big tub of tripe. Well, bless my soul. It sounds like McGee. It
4: is, <laughs> McGee, Doctor. He installed one of those automatic light switches in the door, and and when he went inside to test it, the door
3: jammed.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it's no laughing matter, Doctor. The poor lad's been in there three hours already.
3: <laughs> but it's so simple. Why didn't he just take the pins out of the hinges? Oh. They're on this side. Yeah, that's it, Doc. Just draw those hinges like a good scout, will you? There's the top one. Now here comes the bottom one. There. Now push, muscle head. Push hard. Just a it.
4: No. Miggy, are you all right?
3: Yeah. Light kind of hurts my eyes. Well, I can't wait to tell the boys all about this. I'll be trotting along. Before you do any trotting, I I got something for you, Doc. Huh? Here you are. One, two, three. Three dollars? Yep. You're a witness, Molly. I've paid the good doctor for this closet call. I mean, house call. Oh, you didn't have to do that. I was just kidding. Here, take your money back. Oh, no, you don't. You got your fee, Fatso, and that makes this a professional call. Keep it. Oh, but McGee... Anything that goes on between doctor and patient, doctor, is sacred and confidential. And you know it. Yes, but I didn't... If one rumble about this mess oozes out around town, I'll have your medical license yanked. I'll have you unsmocked. I'll have you... <laughs> oh, you dirty little double-crosser. Of all the ungrateful... Next time, I'll leave you in there, you do. <laughs> Thanks for <laughs> letting me out, Doc. old oh boy. It was worth the dough. <laughs> you see, kiddo? Brains. That's all it takes.
4: Yes. Now, all you have to do is put the door back on the hinges and fix it so the switch won't jam it again and put everything back in the closet. And
3: neatly. Oh, it'll only take a few minutes. Now they got a light in there. While I'm working on it, fix me a couple of sandwiches, will you? Because I got an appetite that would choke a horse. And by the time I get through
2: fixing... We'll say goodnight to Fibber and Molly in a moment. Comedy entertainment is high on the list of favorite radio programs for all listeners polled in a recent survey. And comedy entertainment is what you'll hear tomorrow night when you set your radio dial to this same NBC station. There's a world of fun when it's time for Groucho Marx and You Bet Your Life, the quiz game that takes second place to the comedy questions Groucho springs during his interviews with contestants from the studio audience. It's a fun-packed edition of Question Marks and Laughs each time Groucho Marx plays You Bet Your Life. Be sure to hear this wonderful show tomorrow evening on the NBC Radio Network. And we know that you'll also want to make a date with Water Commissioner Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve. The Great Gildersleeve is always bumbling his way into unpredictable situations that make the laughs flow thick and fast. Be sure to be on hand tomorrow night when it's time for The Great Gildersleeve on the NBC radio network. More fun for Wednesday evenings comes with Bill Cullen's fast-paced Walk-A-Mile Quiz Show. Yes, radio entertainment on Wednesday evenings is most enjoyable when you set your radio to the NBC spot on your dial. (laughs)
3: It. There. Now, set the moose head right on top here. And there. Every single thing's back in there. Snug and ship shape.
4: Hmm. Hold this chair for me, will you? I want to look up at the top of that closet.
3: Huh?
4: I don't think that light is working. Oh, I see what it is. What is it? The light's on all right, but you've got this junk stacked up so high the light's completely covered. That closet is as dark as ever.
3: Yeah? Oh, sure. Good night.
4: Good night,
2: all. NBC and Tums have brought you the Fever McGee, and Molly program transcribed with Arthur Q. Bryan as Dr. Gamble. This is John Wald inviting you to be with us again tomorrow night for another visit with Fever McGee, and Molly. Meet the Woman of the Year this week on the Bob Hope Show on the NBC Radio Network.